0: You're listening to a message from Ogden Church, a gospel Center ministry for all people. We hope during the next few minutes you gain a better understanding of God's love expressed in the person of Jesus Christ. Well, good morning. Happy Easter to you all. We are so glad. He is risen indeed. There it is. We are so glad that you are here with us. And we have been in a series looking at brokenness. uh, Week after week, looking at the book of Judges and how brokenness expressed itself in the Old Testament in that book. And then we started to walk towards the cross and see that same brokenness in us. And as we are talking about brokenness over and over and over... The hope is that eventually we're going to want to be made whole. Look to something that can make us whole. You see, I I know that we see brokenness all over the place in our lives. I don't know what this last year has looked like for you. I've known people that have gotten a diagnosis that they didn't expect. I know people that have had close people to them in relationship pass away. And there is brokenness that we see all over the place. And even for the disciples, when Jesus goes to the cross, there's a few days that feel utterly broken and dark and difficult. But today, today we celebrate that Jesus rose and conquered death and He takes brokenness and He makes it whole. He makes us whole. In Japan, they have an art called kintsugi, and they take a broken jar and they melt down gold and they put the jar back together with gold in the cracks. And I thought there was no more beautiful and accurate illustration of what God does with our brokenness when we bring it to him. He is And has authority over our brokenness. He can put us back together so we're more beautiful, more valuable than we were before. He takes the broken pieces. And I know, like, maybe you've been coming to church and you're like, okay, you talked about brokenness a lot, how broken we are. That's not very good news. It is when we bring our brokenness to God and He puts us back together and makes us new. He can make you new. He can take what's broken in your life and show that he has authority over it. He can take our brokenness and restore us. In Matthew chapter 28, we're going to see that Jesus has authority over our brokenness. He has authority to restore us. And we're going to see his authority played out. In this passage, in some responses to the authority of Jesus, we see that his authority is shown. It's seen by a couple of people, it's denied by another group, and then we're called to live out the authority of Jesus in our lives. So we see that it's shown. I'm gonna read verses 1 through 10 in chapter 28. It's gonna, 1 through 9 is actually up there. I'm gonna read one verse further. After the Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord had come down from heaven, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone, and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, from the tomb, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him and clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. These women go to the tomb, hoping to see Jesus and tend to his body. They meet an angel that says, he is not here, he has risen, he has gone. And their reaction, he says to them, don't be afraid, but they have fear in them. There's fear mixed with joy and celebration. And Jesus has conquered death, he's resurrected, and he meets these two ladies to show that he has authority over death. Jesus is present in the world today. We can see him at work and acting in our lives, and he shows up to show these ladies that he's not dead anymore more he has authority over death and he shows it to us through his resurrection one thing that's really important that we shouldn't miss here is the way the story is written if you were making up a story about somebody being resurrected this is not how you would write it you wouldn't write it so that two women at this time would be the people that We're giving testimony to the fact that Jesus was resurrected. You wouldn't write it that way because at this time, women couldn't even testify in a court of law. Their testimony wasn't recognized. So you wouldn't say this. Theologians, people who study these things, say that this is evidence, clear evidence, that the story is true because when you're just telling a true story, you write what took place, not what would be preferable to you. These guys write down, these are the first two people in all of human history that see the resurrected body of Jesus Christ. And this also reminds us that God assigns dignity and sees women as important and valuable in his kingdom. All of The equality that we hope to see and recognize in the world is seen in and through Jesus Christ and God's plan to show his authority and resurrection to the world. You know, God is at work and you can see him working even now. I know some people say, like, hey, if I had seen the resurrected Savior, if I had seen Jesus, I'd, I'd believe. It would be easy for me then to believe. But God is active and working right now. Where are you looking? As a pastor, I get to see God work in some incredible ways. And just in the past couple of weeks, I've seen God do some amazing things. We were doing a a Haiti shoe drive here at the church, which we were excited about being a part of, partnering with Restore Haiti, one of our ministry partners. This was a really cool thing. And so we told the church over a couple of weeks, and there was a lady who comes to church here who went home and and just felt like God was sort of speaking to her like, hey, you're supposed to donate some shoes uh, to Haiti. And it happened to be that this lady about a year ago saw that a a shoe company was going, or a shoe store was going out of business, so she bought 800 pairs of shoes in in her house to sell at a garage sale that didn't happen because of the coronavirus last year, and she's just been storing these shoes in her home, and so she calls us, and we say, hey, you know, I think we can help you out with that, so we get Another family who just started attending the church that owns a trucking company to meet us there with an 80-foot truck. And we load them up and we have them in the gym. Now, you may say to yourself, like, hey, that's a coincidence. But are you seeing God at work around you? Another family is struggling through sort of the resurgence of, of a cancer diagnosis in their life. In all of this brokenness, I'm walking alongside this man who's wrestling through the pain of what he's dealing with, but he's seeing God work to draw his mother and his sister back to himself, to see the beauty of God, even in the brokenness we experience. You can see him at work. Another friend of mine was having a horrible day, just a bad, bad day at work, and And he comes home, and he's sitting on his porch, and his son's riding his bike back and forth. He falls off his bike, and his dad starts to pay attention. He looks out to make sure everything's okay, and his son stands up, five years old, and he just looks over at his dad, and he says, Hey, Dad, I love you with all my heart. And he texted me, and he said, Look, Brandon, I just, I know God is at work. What am I looking at? I let this world just distract me so much from God. What are you choosing to focus on? All of these things are beautiful, and to see God work is amazing. But if this day was all God ever did, it would be enough. He rose from the dead. He conquered sin so that we could be with Him in eternity. He's shown himself. The ultimate revelation of who he is is conquering death and living. He shows himself to us. What what are you looking at? What are your eyes focused on? So there's one group that sees him and his authority is shown. And then there's another group that denies his authority. Verses 11 through 15, the next part of the story is when the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while you were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. They pay them off. They pay off the soldiers. Here's some money. Tell this lie and let's just... You know, if it gets back on you, then we'll protect you. We'll, we'll make sure that you're safe, because if you're a soldier and you fall asleep and somebody steals a body you're supposed to protect, then they kill you. You die, if that's what happened. So they're like, hey, you tell this lie, and we'll keep you safe. Here's some money. These guys who actually decided to kill Jesus, his body's gone, and their reaction is to come up with a lie and say, All right, well, hey, we can't have that. We can't have people thinking that he was actually God because if he was actually God, we're all in some big trouble. So they come up with a lie because the lie is preferable to the implication of the truth. If the truth is true, if if Jesus rose from the dead, all of a sudden we're accountable to him. We choose to believe a lie because it's easier because we want to, until we hit a certain point for many of us when we need help. When I was in high school, I I played football and I was I was a running back. It was homecoming, and I was like into this game. I was ready. I wanted to do as well as I could. And I thought, you know what will help me is if I'm a little lighter. So I chose not to wear my rib pads. It's a great idea. This was a great idea. And so I'm running. I I break this like 10, 15-yard run. I'm running first, right first quarter, beginning of the game. And I run. I turn, and a safety that I didn't see spears me right in the rib, cracks one of my ribs ribs with his helmet. I crumple to the floor. I didn't fumble or anything, so don't worry. (laughs) I go out. I go to the sideline, and I say to my coach, I'm okay. I'm okay. Put me back in. He puts me back in, I get to carry the ball, get hit in a similar place. And then, instead of going to the sideline, I go to the hospital. Because the pain of me pretending like I was okay started to outweigh what I really needed, which was help. So many of us choose to believe a lie about our brokenness. We'll be okay, I'll figure it out. I got life under control, and then things start to fall apart. All around us, things start to get difficult, start to get hard, and then where do we turn? We need somebody with real authority, real ability to save us. Are you believing a lie because it's a little more convenient for you right now? Or are you willing to say, maybe, maybe he is God. Maybe I need him. You see, it's easy. It's easy to believe a lie. And in our world, Satan wants you to feel comfortable. He wants you to feel like, yeah, I pretty much got this. I'm saving for retirement. I'm I'm on track. We're not in control. And we need somebody with real authority. We can only lie to ourselves for so long. Real authority is only found in the person of Jesus. It's shown to these women. It's denied by the chief priests and We're called to live it out. This is described as the Great Commission. Jesus, resurrected from the dead, meets with his disciples, and this is how our chapter ends. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. Isn't that unbelievable? Some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's Unbelievable. These guys are standing with someone they saw die on the mountain. And they're they're excited. They worshipped, but some doubted. There's this idea in our lives sometimes, this lie that we believe that says, hey, if if I doubt at all, I got problems. There's something wrong. I can't doubt God at all. These guys are standing with the resurrected Jesus. And it says they worshipped, but some doubted. Every element of faith means that there's some part of us that will question, will struggle. But they stay there and they worship him. And Jesus says, I have all authority. And because I'm here, because I conquered death, now your job is to share this incredible news because there's a lot of people that don't know it. There's a lot of people that don't know this amazing news that Jesus conquered death and died for our sins, washed us clean, and set us free. The idea of the gospel is that good news is shared about a victory that was won on behalf of a people, that they didn't do anything to win the victory, but it was won for them and they've been set free. So we have to tell people this amazing news. You're a prisoner. You feel in control of your world, but somebody's in control of you. What does it mean for us to share this incredible news with those who are lost and broken? And Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. Go and share this good news. Because the news of a great victory changes those who are imprisoned. Let's watch this video about a prison camp in World War II and what happened when they were told that the victory was won. These men stuck in this prison camp for five years. You see smiles on their faces. They know that the victory is won. And then the people who put them in prison are put in prison. You know, Satan may feel like he has little victories here and there, but the victory for Christ is won. He has all control, all authority is his and that is our hope so that even if we get stuck in a place where it feels painful where where times are tough those guys aren't home yet but they're set free this is where we live we're not home but we're set free jesus does this for us sets us free and this world is scary This call actually is scary. Go into all the world and share this good news. Tell people that they're prisoners, but they've been set free. This world is a scary place. But what God says is, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Over and over, the answer to fear is believing that God is with you. That he is your deliverer. He is your hope. Fear not, for I am with you. I heard a pastor say recently that the answer to fear isn't courage. It's trust. Trust in God. Because when the master's with you, it changes everything about how you experience the world around you. I saw this commercial for Pepsi Max, and it's a test drive of a vehicle and we'll see that there's an interesting perspective shift. Pay close attention to the end of the video of the car salesman and how he responds when he finds out some information that's hidden to him. Let's watch this video together. You want to do it again? I don't know if that guy's a Christian, but he was praying to God quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Would they say there's no atheists in a foxhole? How interesting. You're an idiot. I'm going to kill you. I want to call the cops. He gets out. Jeff Gordon takes off his mustache. His demeanor completely changes. And what was terrifying became fun. Because the master was behind the wheel. They took a NASCAR driver, one of the greatest of all time, dresses him up, puts him behind the wheel. And this guy is so scared, he doesn't know what to do with himself. But he doesn't know that the driver's in complete control. Who's behind the wheel in your life? Do you think it's you? Or do you trust that somebody who has all authority is in control? Because if you do, it will take the storms and the difficulty and the pain and the fear. And you'll be able to say, my God's got this. I'm going to be all right. I'm going to invite the worship team up now. We're going to close with the song. And as we think about this day, this resurrection Sunday what are your eyes on are you looking for the revealed risen savior are you living in a place of maybe denial of God's power and authority or are you saying God this is what my life is about I surrender to you and I live for you so here's the good news If you feel broken, you're in the right place, because Jesus has authority over your brokenness to make you new and put you back together again. Some bad news, if you don't feel broken, you are, but you're also in the right place. You know, Jesus said, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, it's the sick. That's all of us. And I know there are a lot of questions about history, historical accuracy, the, the Gospels, the... Textual criticism of the Old Testament. There are lots of questions that you can ask. How did this earth come to be? But this moment in time is the only thing you really need to wrestle with. Did Jesus raise from the dead on the third day? There's enough evidence for that. And if you believe that, God can figure out the rest of it. He knows what he's doing. He's in control. Have you given him authority over your life? If you do you can be set free today no longer a prisoner let's pray and then we'll close God I pray that by the power of your spirit you would draw people to yourself that they would have hope that they would know that they don't have to be a prisoner they can live in freedom because of your chains because of your death and resurrection we can live Because you were separated from the Father, we can come home. You are our hope. And I pray that more and more people would see this truth, receive your forgiveness, and surrender their lives to a Father that loves them. Thank you for this day and what it means. May we remember what you have done for us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Happy Easter. Have a great Sunday. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please join us on Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11 a.m. If you would like any more information about Ogden Church, just visit our website at ogdenchurch.org or Facebook.